You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. All God's people said... Amen. Hope you believe those things too. That's Bible truth right there. Thank you so much for singing that. Take your Bibles tonight. Matthew chapter number 7, if you would. Matthew chapter number 7 this evening. And I do not have a lengthy message, so I want to just give you, I get right into it and just try to be a help to you this evening. I do want to say that Miss Esther Paredes in a week and a half will be turning 100 years old. And uh, that's Mrs. Wu's mom. She's right back there. And uh, they got to celebrate her birthday at Stonefire yesterday. And so we popped in and uh, stole some breadstick. No, we didn't. But uh, we did get to stop in and just say hi. And a lot of the ladies were there. So you may see the 100 uh, uh, 100 balloons floating around somewhere. And that's because of that. So that's worth celebrating. So one should be aware of that. On Valentine's Day is her birthday. And uh, so, you, you, so you know that. Hey, please uh, sign up tonight or let us know you're coming for the couples conference. That is going to be a great, great time. We're having, uh, the cost is $30 for the whole conference. That's for two people. That's for the, the couple, right? And uh, Friday night we're having tri-tip, uh, crack potato. Get out of here. No, uh, but uh, ushers, can we help with this guy, please? Oh, wait, he's the head usher. That's right. Okay. But uh, what have we done? Shot ourselves in the foot. No, but we have tri-tip, brother. Hey, I'm excited as you are. And uh, tri-tip and then something called cracked potatoes. I don't know. I don't know what cracked potatoes are. I've been living in Long Beach 16 years, so I'm not sure what what I think about when I hear cracked potatoes. But uh, they sound delicious. I'm sure they're going to be great. And... uh, and some other things. I think, she's, I think we're even having sliders, like pork sliders, in case you don't like tri-tip, which what's wrong with you if you don't like tri-tip, right? So uh, we'll have, it's all of that Friday night, Saturday morning, it's going to be a breakfast spread. Now, you're only paying 30 bucks, so you're not getting enough to have eggs Saturday morning, okay? You're not paying enough to be able to have eggs. But we're going to have some other stuff Saturday morning, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be delicious. So sign up for that, but more importantly, the teaching is going to be on point. It's going to be great for us. I see Brother James has got some family and friends here. Hope to greet you guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, Brother, Brother Nick, I'm sorry. I said James, his son's name. I've been doing this to poor Nick for so long. I've been calling him by his son's name behind his back. He doesn't even know. So uh, don't tell him I did that, okay? But uh, thank you for being here. Matthew chapter number seven. I just want to give us a couple thoughts tonight. Continuing our series in strengthening the church, but I think it is certainly applicable and and goes along with what today is. I want to speak on, uh, we've been looking at now, four different ways to to strengthen the church. And uh, the fifth way tonight that we will be looking to strengthen the church, a way to get a strong church is by having strong homes. Strong homes. And that's what I want to look at tonight. Uh, A strong church is a church with strong homes homes in the church. Now I'm talking to those tonight, those of you who have kids. I'm talking to those of you tonight that are married and don't have kids. I'm talking to those of you tonight that are maybe dating, maybe those of you tonight who are single. I'm talking to everyone tonight because you all have a home. You all have a home and you all decide what happens in that home. 
So that's why I want to address every person tonight by this, on this topic of strengthening the church through strong homes. So look in your Bible at Matthew chapter 7 and to a familiar uh, story, analogy Jesus uses here during the Sermon on the Mount, verse 24, Matthew 7, 24. Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. Great was the fall of it. A lot of houses, a lot of homes are falling in our country, across the world. And it came to pass, verse 28, when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray together and we'll jump in. Father, thank you for tonight, for the sweetness of, of, of the sweet times we've had already. Being able to dedicate James and, and uh, Coralina and, uh, and for the families that are here, Lord, thank you for these people, these families wanting to raise their kids for the Lord. It's, it's refreshing, it's great to see, and I pray that you bless them. I pray that you bless us tonight, though, each one of us tonight, as we have a home that we live in. And uh, God, that we would be uh, convicted to make sure that we are strengthening the very home that we are in. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Strong homes are made up of strong individuals and strong relationships and we know that the devil is, attack, is attacking the home. It's an institution that God created, the home. Uh, the church only gets you for a couple hours a week. The, if you go to school somewhere, they, only, they get you for more hours per week. If you go to work, they get you for a lot of hours per week. But, but, but home is what gets you the most hours. Your home is very important. And a home should be a haven, but we've seen strong homes just uh, uh, have decayed over the years. In 1978, there was a man by the name of Thomas Hansen in Boulder, Colorado, who sued his parents for $350,000 on the grounds of malpractice of parenting. Sued his mom and dad for $350,000 for malpractice of parenting and said that they messed him up so bad, according to him and his lawsuit, that he was going to uh, require years of costly psychiatric treatment. So he sued them for $350,000. I read headlines a couple years ago, and it said this, parents win suit to kick 30-year-old deadbeat son out of house. So I was like, well, I'm going to read that. Yeah, of course, so I clicked on it. And so basically, this, this young man, 30-year-old son, refused to get a job, refused to leave the house. And so the parents gave him cash for moving expenses. They pleaded with him to make something out of his life. They were trying to work with him, but eventually he just wouldn't do anything. So they said, okay, we're going to have to remove you. And uh, so they, had, they filed a suit against him. And the, this man, or 30-year-old boy, I should say, he said this, It's really unfair to me and really outrageous. They stopped feeding me. They cut me off the family phone plan. I don't think trying to destroy somebody is tough love. Trying to destroy them. He gave them cash. They said, we'll help you move. And you, know, you think, well, what went wrong there? 
You think about the divorce, and you hear these statistics all the time in church about how divorce is on the rise like never before, but it, it, is, a, it is a true thing, and abuse is on the rise in the home like never before. Infidelity is on the rise like never before. And, and, and so we, we see that the, the home is definitely an attack zone for the devil, and the church is not immune to this. Christians aren't immune to this. Christians are almost at the same level of divorce as, as unsaved people are, and, and, and so we, we see that everywhere we look. But here's the difference. These people that are coming from broken homes and broken lives, they should come to the church and find help, not judgment. Like that, the, we're, we're here to help them. It's not like, oh, you come from a broken home, you can't come here. No, we're saying, come on in. We're ready to help. But, but, but we're picking up the pieces of these, of these broken homes in, in, in California and across the nation, and it's a sad thing. We need to learn how to strengthen our homes. If we can strengthen our homes, our church will be strengthened. And so tonight, just briefly, I want to just say three things to, for, to have a strong home. Every home needs these three things. First of all, every home needs protection. Every home needs protection. We'll be selling firearms after church tonight. And, no, I'm just kidding. We're not, uh, you know, you, you do what you want to there, but, uh, but uh, you, that's not the kind of protection I'm necessarily talking about. You, you know, you probably should have some protection. But anyway, but protection, look at the Bible here in, at this story of the, of the man that built his house upon a rock and the one who built it upon the sand. One was wise, one was foolish. But verse 25 says, and the rain descended. The floods came. How many of you, you, you I won't have you raise your hand, but you got flood insurance on your house. Because there's so many of us that are going to have a flood here in California, right? But, uh, you know, but we have these, these insurances against something that's trying to, that may potentially destroy our home. We're trying to protect against it. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house. That house was being beat upon by things. That house needed protection from the wind and the rain and, uh, and, and the floods that were coming. And our homes need protection too. It is a sad thing that many people, their homes today, they open up the windows and doors when the floods come. They open up the, to danger. They open up to, to problems and sins that should not be there, influences that should not be there. Every home needs a protector. Every home needs a gatekeeper. Every home needs a guardian. Well, I live alone. Well, then you're the gatekeeper. You're the guardian. What does the gatekeeper do? He, he or she decides who gets in and who doesn't. That's what a gatekeeper does. I remember I used to work at, uh, at uh, I was a security guard. You know this, a security guard at Google, uh, at the headquarters in, in, Santa, uh, in uh, Mountain View when I was in college. And all I had to do my entire job was to be a gatekeeper. I sat there in a little chair for four hours until they transferred me to my own buildings. But I sat there when I first started working there, and all I did was come in and look at people's badges and say, no, you can't come in. Or, yes, you can come in. No, you can't come in. Yes, you can come in. And they were relying upon this 21-year-old young man to keep Google safe. Probably not the wisest thing in the world they ever did, but uh, they, they relied upon that. Every home, though, has got to have somebody that says, no, I'm sorry, you don't get in. No, I'm sorry, homosexual agenda, you don't get in the home. No, I I'm sorry, uh, uh, you know, infidelity and adultery, you don't get in the home. Oh, yes, godly influences come right on in. Biblical values come right on in. But there's other stuff, no, no, you don't get in my home. And somebody's got to have their guts to stand up and be the bad guy. We, we have children in our home. We have four children. Four children? Yes, four children. I think about it sometimes. We got a dog and a cat, so I'm like, six children? I think we have six children now. 
But uh, you know how that is. But, you know, you, you think about, uh, uh, sometimes I've got to be the bad guy. Just the other day, my kids said, Dad, can I, can I have this? Can I? And I had to say, no. And, like, that's so hurtful, right? To say no to your kids, and that's so hurtful to them. But guess what? I'm not their buddy. I'm their dad. Dad has to say no sometimes. Now, did I walk away and kind of feel bad about it? I did kind of feel bad about it. Because it's the first time I've ever told them no. No, I'm kidding. I haven't told them no before. But, uh, uh, but I, somebody has got to be the one that says no. I don't think this is good for you. Well, why not? Because I said so. I'm just kidding. That's, that's, you ever hear that growing up? Because I said so? That's like the best excuse ever, right? Why can't I do this, Dad? Because I said so. That's like the best excuse. I think every parent needs to have that in their back pocket. But no, I have to be the one that says you can do this, you can't do that. And, you know, and, and, and again, that, that means, look, I can, be, I can be there for them, I can be a good dad, but I can't be a good dad and let them have anything they want. That's, that's not what you can do. I have to protect the home. You have to protect what comes into your home. What influences do you, do you allow in your home? What, what's coming in through the television in your home? What's coming in through the cell phones in your home? What's coming in through the internet in your home? What's coming in through people and influences that are coming into your home? You, we have got to have protection. Every home has to have protection. I read a story about a lady who, uh, she was a missionary by the name of Lori Anderson. And she was a missionary to the head-shrinking Kandoshi Chopra Indians of Peru. That's a mouthful. Let me say that again. She was a missionary to the head-shrinking Kandoshi Shepra Indians of Peru. She was having her quiet time by the river praying, and she did not notice, in Peru, she did not notice the giant anaconda that was getting close to her, jumped out of the water and began to strike her again and again in the arm. She's telling this story that it, it circled around her and, and held her as she's screaming, and she saw its head come up getting ready to bite. She was, the snake was squeezing her, had bitten her several times, and the snake coiled up to strike her. And then all of a sudden, the snake went slack, let her go, and swam away. And people, you know, people said at the time that that, that never happens. That never happens that the snake lets them go. And so she was getting treated. They, they, uh, they um, came and found her, and she was getting treatment. And, a, and while, she was in Peru, while she was trying to be a missionary to these people, a witch doctor came in. And the witch doctor came in after, and to see her that she was uh, doing uh, better. And the witch doctor said that her son-in-law, the witch doctor was a lady, said that her son-in-law had chanted to the spirit of the anaconda that morning to kill that lady. So there was some obvious demonic stuff going on there. And she came in, could not believe the missionary was alive. And this is the lady telling the story. And she said this, she said, I'm certain that except for the protection of God, it would have worked. I'm going to tell you today, there's another snake that's after your family too. It's after you, it's after your family. And you need the protection of God, but you've got to be a gatekeeper. What's getting into your home that should not be there? What's getting to your kids that should not be there? What's getting into your life that should not be there? Every home needs protection. Secondly, every home needs peace. Every home needs peace. We're going to have a strong home. We're going to protect our home. We're going to have a strong home. There needs to be peace in the home. Here we have a story of, of a, a house being beaten upon by rain descending, floods coming, winds blowing, but the house didn't fall. 
Why? Because it was founded upon a rock, the Bible says. Here's the thing. The, the storm may be raging, the floods may be rising, and the winds may be blowing outside, but that doesn't mean you can't have peace inside. There can be peace inside the home even when the, the, the storm is going on outside. <clears throat> Jesus, in just a couple chapters from this, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, Jesus, the Bible says this, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. See, they were saying Jesus is, is casting out devils, but he's doing it by the power of the devil. And he's saying that doesn't work. You can't, if you divide against your own self, <clears throat> it doesn't stand. But it says every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Why are so many houses falling in our country? There does, there's division within. There's division within. So many uh, houses of contention and battles within the walls of their house. Instead of a Bible on the, uh, on the uh, coffee table, there should just be boxing gloves because there's just constant fighting going on. I remember uh, working with the teenagers in this city for so long. Uh, I'd have teenagers come to the youth department and uh, say, Pastor, it's been a rough morning. Brother, uh, back then I wasn't pastor, I was, I was youth pastor, Brother Reynolds. Uh, it's been a rough morning. Tell me about it. What happened? Well, I was walking out of my house today, and my mom got so mad at me, she picked up her iron and threw it at me as I ran down the stairs to escape. And I, we'd, we'd hear these type of stories about, about the type of life that some of these kids were coming from, and, and so many of their homes were battlegrounds battlegrounds where, where there was division and fighting and anger and and in and, and, and a home that should be a haven should be a place of peace but there, it's not it's 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 a battleground oftentimes I read a story uh, in a journal and it said this it's been reported that since the beginning of recorded history the entire world was at peace less than eight percent of the time that's three thousand five hundred thirty years of recorded history and only 286 of those years saw peace, and over 8,000 peace treaties were made and broken during that time. We haven't really known a lot of peace in this world. Some of you are single, but maybe you have a roommate or a family member living with you. Is there peace in your home? Husband and wife, is there peace in your home? Teenager, is there peace in your home? Those who live alone, is there peace in your heart at home? Can, can, can you have peace in the storm? Yes, you can. But notice what it says here in verse 25. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not. Then it says this, why? For it was founded upon a rock. It was founded upon a rock. So how can you have peace in the storm? Well, it depends upon your foundation. Are you built upon the solid rock? Didn't we sing tonight on Christ the solid rock I stand? All other ground is sinking sand. We build our house upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Which leads me to my last thought tonight. We see that every home needs protection. Somebody's got to be the one saying, this can get in and this can't. Every home needs peace. There needs to not be fighting and division in the home. There needs to be peace in the home. And it comes by having your, your life built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Which leads to the last thought, every home needs prayer and the precepts of God. Every home needs prayer and the word of God, the precepts given in the word of God. Look at verse 24 and 25 again. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, 
So someone is hearing the word of God, the, the precepts, the, the principles and teachings of the word of God, and doing them. I wonder tonight, do, do you trust God's word enough to do what it says? Do you trust God's word enough to do what it says? A home is only as strong as its foundation. I want you to take your Bible and just turn one and replace me. Luke chapter 6. I want you to see the parallel passage to this. Luke chapter 6. Just two books to the right there. Luke chapter number 6. I wonder tonight, how much prayer has happened in your home? How much prayer has happened in your home? How, how much Bible has been read in your home? Is it a good amount? If there are kids in your home, have your kids learned to pray in your home? Have your kids learned how to read and interpret the Bible at home? This, this, this is the home. This is God's institution. God told him in the, in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and other places, that it was the home that is to instruct the kids on the things of God. Are we keeping prayer and the word of God in our home? Look at Luke chapter 6, Jesus telling the same story, just a couple different wordings here. In verse 47, Luke 6, 47, And whoso, whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He's like a man which built a house, and dig deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. A house ruined versus a house that was unshakable. What was the difference? In verse 40, uh, 48 it says, one dig deep. One digged deep. And I want to encourage you tonight, dig deep. Lay a solid foundation in your home. How do you do that? The word of God and prayer. I read a story. It's a, I'm pretty sure it's just an anecdote. But uh, there was a fisherman at sea who was away from the Lord. And he was, and he was a fisherman. And, and the other companions on his ship were not saved people. They were, they were un, uh, unsaved, lost people. The storm came and, and everybody was in jeopardy of losing their lives. And the friends knew that this guy used to go to church. So they said, hey... You need to pray. They begin to beg him to pray to God. And the man said, it's been a long time since I've done that or even entered into a church. But his friend said, no, you need to pray for us. We're about to die. So he prayed this. He said, oh, Lord, I haven't asked you, I haven't asked anything of you in 15 years. And if you help us now and bring us safely to land, I promise I won't bother you again for another 15. Now, that's not, that's not the right spirit of prayer, Right? That's not how it should be in the home. We'll pray when crisis strikes. No, let's have our homes be filled with the presence of God. That's what we need, the presence of God in our homes. Dig deep. Build your foundation strong. Build your foundation on the word of God. Let your home be a haven of spirituality and closeness to God. Let your whole house be your prayer closet where you're spending time reading the word of God and walking with God and praying. And so tonight, is your home protected? Is your home, are you stepping up and saying, this will not be allowed in my home? 
Are you stepping up and saying, hey, the right influences will be allowed. I'm going to be a gatekeeper. I wonder tonight, is there peace in your home? Or has there been fighting and wars even at home? And I wonder tonight, is the presence of God in our home? Are we, are we praying? Are we making our home a spiritual haven? These are just some things. And if we want to strengthen our church, we want to strengthen our homes. And I hope you'll take something to heart tonight that's been sad and make some changes, making our homes to, to dig deep and make our foundation upon Jesus Christ secure. Father, thank you for tonight, and we thank you for the, the baby dedication and everything that's happened. But God, our homes are so important. This church, Lord, our, our homes are so important.